Hello race fans, welcome back to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. First of all, I must start the programme with an apology for those who were regular listeners to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Yeah, well, you've you've been on we've been on a bit of a break for the last couple of months. The last episode where I had the great pleasure of uh, interviewing um, the Rapid Dutchman, Jeroen Blakemolen. Um, I've been very very busy over the last couple of months. I've been up commentating at Knockhill Racing Circuit, uh, presenting the Porsche Sport Podcast, and also commentating nearly every night in the sim racing world as well so which has been a whole lot of fun but i really am missing doing the podcast so i thought what better way to get back going again than well this weekend's world rally championship season finale where well we're sitting on the eve of what could be a historical moment for his, for british motorsport because elvin evans the uh, the welshman currently goes into the final round of the championship with a 14-point advantage over his Toyota teammate Sebastian Ogier, the six-time world champion. And of course, in the United Kingdom, we are obviously fanatical about rallying, particularly in places like Wales and in Ireland as well. But we've only had two Drivers World, Championship, Drivers world Champions in our history, of course, who could forget 25 years ago, more or less to the day, that um, the late great Colin McRae won the World Championship for ProDrive and for Subaru. Um, who can forget the uh, the images of him and his co-driver Derek Ringer spinning round and doing donuts in the 555 Subaru Impreza. And then fast forward in 2001 when Richard Burns and again Colin McRae went head-to-head at the final round at Wales Rally GB to decide who would be the 2001 World Rally Champion. And, you know, you couldn't get two more different characters. Colin, wild, flat out everywhere, driving the then quite new uh, martini-liveried Ford Focus. And you also had the more quiet, calm, reserved, considered, thinking driver that was Richard Burns. And, of course, his co-driver... Uh, the uh, fellow Scott Robbie Reed, um, who's actually from not hails from not too far away from my hometown of Perth, and it was an amazing showdown. But in the end, Colin McRae had a spectacular accident, um, which put him out of the reckoning, and Richard went on to win the championship again in a Subaru Impreza. Now, Elvin, of course, Subaru sadly long gone from the World Rally Championship. Uh, They unfortunately left the World Rally Championship in the midst of the global financial crisis in 2008. But um, they have been replaced by another, in fact, a much bigger Japanese manufacturer in the form of Toyota, who themselves have an amazing history in rallying. And Toyota's return to the World Rally Championship since 2017, when the new rule set came in, has been incredibly successful. Of course, last year, um, Oit Tanak winning the championship for the Japanese mark. And this year, with a whole new driver lineup, last year they had Chris Meek, Oit Tanak, and Yari Mati Latvala, all of whom 
left the team either by choice of the driver or by the team. So Toyota and their team manager Tommy Mackinnon had to put together a whole new driver lineup for the 2020 season, and they which consisted of Elvin Evans, Sebastian Ogier, and the new well young superstar and um, the young Finn Kale Rovanperä son of Harry Rovenpera, who of course would have raced uh, against Richard Burns and Colin McRae. And all told, the uh, the new driver lineup have done pretty well uh, at uh, Toyota. And uh, they head into the final round of the championship with Ogier 14 points behind his teammate Elvin Evans and Ogier 10 points ahead of third place man Thierry Neuville in the first of the Hyundai's. Oit Tanak, of course, made the shock move from his championship winning. Toyota Yaris to the Hyundai i20 for the 2020 season, which was a shock to many. And unfortunately, it started off in the worst possible way where Oitanak had one of the biggest accidents I think I've ever seen in all my time watching rallying, where he went off at the season opening Monte Carlo rally. And he's kind of been on the back foot since then. But he comes into the final round of the championship with a very much an outside chance, but still mathematically possible. So it's all happening. But of course, you know, the elephant in the room is it has been a strange 2020 for everybody, but and thus a strange WRC season. Of course, we started off in Monte Carlo, then on to Sweden, uh, and then to Mexico. And actually, Mexico so um, fluid was the uh, global pandemic at that point that Mexico was actually the, the event started but finished a day early to get teams and drivers and personnel home safely before the global lockdown ensued. Um, and then it was basically, was a, well, nearly a six-month wait for the drivers to get back out again, uh, where they went to Turkey, uh, Sardinia, and also to Estonia. The return, well, the, the birth of uh, the World Rally Championship in Estonia, and given the quality of roads and the rallying, um, Oh, well, the fanatic nature uh, of the Estonian people towards rallying and, of course, their hero, Oit Tanak. It was brilliant to take the championship to Estonia and I, I sincerely hope that that becomes a permanent fixture on the World Rally Championship calendar because it was an, an, an excellent event. But, the again, after Sardinia, more problems hit with cancellations and restrictions and what have you. We've all, we're all bored with the story, aren't we? But... The World Rally Championship organisers, who I'm sure have had the busiest year in their careers, uh, managed to come up with two events to finish the championship, which was Ypres Rally in Belgium and the Monza Rally uh, uh, on the famous Monza circuit uh, in Italy. Now, the Ypres uh, Rally had been due to finish the season with the season's power stage being on the famous Spa Francochamps, so would have been an incredible event, but unfortunately, April had to be cancelled due to obvious reasons. So that left uh, Rally Monza. Um, now, every year, um, the uh, Monza Rally Show is held and has boasted many celebrity drivers, including the great Valentino Rossi. But it's very much what we would refer to as a circuit rally, where a number of short special stages are set up around the grounds of a race circuit, a permanent race circuit. We see them at, at my home circuit at, at Knock Hill as well, the circuit rallying. It's it's a, a very common and popular form of the sport at club level, but not ever really seen at, uh, at world level. However, 
the, the ingenuity and the flexibility and the tenacity of the World Rally Championship as a whole have created an event which I think is going to be incredibly exciting. We're going to have... Um, we're going to have 241 competitive kilometres, which is relatively short um, for a World Rally Championship event. But we're going to start tomorrow, Thursday afternoon, Thursday the 3rd of December. In the uh, at 2 o'clock local time, the drivers will take in the first couple of stages at Monza. Then again on Friday, they'll come back to the Monza circuit and do a succession of stages with short service periods in between. But then on Saturday is where it gets really interesting. On Saturday, they head up in, they head north of the circuit, up into the mountains near Lake Como, and we're going to see six stages on what what was tarmac, you know, a week ago, but now covered in snow. And this is throwing everything into. Um, into well already what was quite an uncertain event for drivers of course a brand new event is always uncertain but one where it's got a quite a heavy amount of um circuit rallying element um and then obviously new stages up in the mountains but for those to now be covered in snow uh adds a whole new element to the event and kind of turns it into a mini a mini monte carlo now it goes without saying that whose hands is that going to play into? Well, Sebastian Ogier, who's won the event more than anyone else in the field, um, and he is very much the master of Monte Carlo. So um, I'm sure Sebastian Ogier is sitting in his home in Switzerland right now, or I'm sure he'll be at the event now, but I'm sure he was sitting in his home in Switzerland saying, watching the snow falling uh, in Italy and thinking, well, that'll do me, that'll, that'll do me for sure. So we're going to see uh, on Saturday is the big day, six stages on the snow, ice, tarmac, whatever the drivers find, uh, and that is going to be, I'm sure, where the title is won or lost. Then on Sunday we have the, the circuit, they come back to do a few stages at Monza Circuit, but, as we know, the power stages, uh, the last stage of the rally, offers up a maximum of five championship points, going five for the fastest, four for the second fastest, three for the third fastest, and so on, down to one point for fifth fastest. Now, the championship is so close that the power stage points, I think, are going to play into it. I think that that 15-kilometre stage at Monza on Sunday afternoon could be critical as well um, to, you know, if Elvin Evans and Sebastian Ogier go into the last day or into that last stage even, and if Ogier is leading by just a couple of positions, um, those power stage points could swing the championship one way or the other. And for me, I think this is an amazing opportunity. Obviously, there's been a lot of problems and a lot of difficulties for global sport, but also for motorsport as well. And rallying is probably a sport that's really hit, been hit the hardest. I mean, rallying is not a sport that uh, depends on um, fan, not generally, doesn't depend on fans buying tickets to events. I know that at Wales Rally GB there are a number of zones where you have to pay to get into and what have you, but in general, rallying fans climb their own way into the forests, to the roadsides, and, and that's their right to be there, uh, unlike paying to go to the Formula One Grand Prix at Silverstone, for example. 
so in one way, uh, from a monetary point of view, that hasn't been such a problem. But obviously, the uh, the proximity of having a, a driver and a co-driver in a car, that was a, a social distancing issue to begin with, which they managed to get over. But, you know, rallying is a, a sport which re- which is really, you know, really been hurt by it, like, like any category of motorsport. But rallying has had a whole set of challenges anyway um, over the last few years in terms of fan engagement and how you get the sport in front of people because I'm convinced that rallying, there is nothing more spectacular than a Sebastian Ogier or a Thierry Neuville or an Elvin Evans driving a world rally car at speed through a gravel uh, gravel track through a forest. It's just incredible. And for car manufacturers to show that they're their products have sporting credentials, they have durability, and soon, uh, come 2022, will be powered by alternative powertrains as well with a hybrid system. So rallying has a lot of going for it, but it's getting it in front of people that's the issue. Now, I'm, as you can tell, I am a complete motor racing nerd. That is my life. I love motor racing. It's the most important thing to me, and it's just why uh, you know, I've, I've made it my career. But... Even I would really have to make quite a, a sacrifice and commitment to watch every single stage of every single rally of every single season. And that is where the, the, the problem lies. A lot of the, the, the nature of the sport is quite, it's quite difficult to make it TV friendly. Yes, the, you, you see various TV companies will condense into a, a highlights program, but they can become quite homogenous, in my opinion, and could be improved and could shine more on the, the the driver's personalities but that is very much a job of everyone involved in the sport to help draw that story and to create that story that no doubtedly exists underneath the sur- surface but for me to have the possibility of a 15 kilometer power stage in an ev- in a place like monza which of course means a lot to non-rallying fans don't forget I think there's a great opportunity to use that almost, you know, winner-takes-all showdown format. There is a real opportunity here for the sport to showcase what it's all about. And that race against the clock, it's a very simple formula. You know, it's it's a time, you you know, same car, down a piece of road, fastest wins very simple no cares no no what have you no drs nothing like that it is a very simple pure form of the motorsport now i know that absolute rally bobbleheads as they're often referred to as big diehard rally fans will think that this is sacrilege and it's not a proper rally well newsflash the world has moved on and the the way in which sport is consumed uh, it's it's got to be appealing um, to, to to more audience, and it's got to be eye catching. It's got to grab attention, uh, in, and you, there's lots of different ways you, that can be done. And also, if you look at even in the motor racing press, you look at the dom the dominance of Formula One, whether it's interesting to watch at the moment or not. Formula One still has a dominance, but it didn't always have that dominance. If you look back to when. Colin won his title, and when you look back to when um, Richard Burns won his title in 2001, the motorsport press, and people know who I'm referring to here, motorsport press went absolutely bananas. And in fact, even when they won a rally, the motor racing press went bananas and got the front page of big publications, etc. That is not the case today. So that is something that we um, we need to change, and we need to make rallying 
and a really exciting proposition for the motoring press to write about and to cover uh, and also for their general readers to be engaged with and, and to, to take part in. So I think what we've got on, some people might see the programme that we've got for this weekend as a negative. I don't, I think it's an absolute positive as well. But let's wind back a bit. Let's see how we got here. Last time out, we were uh, we were in Sardinia, and the rally was won by the Spaniard Danny Sordo, who runs a, a part-time program with the Hyundai World Rally Team. Their regular drivers, Terry Neuville and Oit Tanak, go to every event, and then they have a third car, which is circulated amongst a number of part-time drivers. One of those has been Craig Breen. And one of those has also been Sebastian Loeb. But Danny Sordo won his second Sardinia rally in a row after six months out of competitive action, which was incredibly impressive. And Danny Sordo is going to be in that third car this weekend at Monza. And for Hyundai's assault on the Manufacturers' Championship, which interestingly they lead by seven points, uh, I think Danny Sordo's presence in this sort of event could be absolutely um, critical but let's talk about Elvin Evans how has he got to this point you know there's a lot of people who might say oh he doesn't this has only been uh, what's going to be a seven rally um, season as opposed to what we normally have 13 or 14 rally season and a lot of of people say no it doesn't it won't mean the same it's not as deserved to me that's utter nonsense in my opinion humble opinion <laughs> i think this all the drivers have had exactly the same opportunity and in fact actually it, it, that this sort of unpredictability and this championship that's required adaptability you know at the end of the day the guys with the most experience are the guys with the advantage because they've had so many more if you if you put it in the perspective of a pilot you talk about flying hours racing hours is is the same um, and, you know, the, the, the simple fact of the matter is is that Thierry Neuville, Oitanak, and particularly Sebastian Auger have more experience at the top level than Elvin does. Elvin is an experienced driver, just not as experienced as those he's going up against. But he has been the man who has const consistently delivered throughout the championship. And he's the only man who can say that. You know, Neuville has had his issues. Tanak has had his issues. And so has Sebastian Auger. And it was at Rally Turkey where the real turning point happened, where Elvin Evans won the rally while all of his competitors hit problems. Now, Rally Turkey is a properly tough rally. It's incredibly tough on the drivers, the cars, it's a car breaker. It smashes up cars. Even these brutally tough, brutally expensive World Rally machines they get obliterated at Rally Turkey and Elvin Evans managed that challenge the best of all and won the rally. The Monte Carlo rally, the first, ra first rally of the season, don't forget the first rally with Toyota for Elvin Evans, his first competitive event in the Yaris WRC, which is a very different car to the, the Fiesta WRC that he'd come from and he, and he got it on the podium, finished third. Unbelievable performance. Then we went to Sweden rallying in Sweden on a very unusual Sweden with higher temperatures, not as much snow, a lot of gravel coming up through the surface. He went and won it. And then in Mexico, he, he finished fourth, um, again, bagging a load of points. Finished fourth in Estonia and fourth in Sardinia. So he's never been out the top four and the only guy in the championship who can say that. And that 
is the secret. He's had two wins, three podiums across tarmac, snow and gravel. And that is what winning a world rally championship is all about. And if he and and I I am um, I paraphrase slightly, but to quote the the late great Colin McRae's father Jimmy, who recently was interviewed and said, if Elvin Evans were to go on and win the world championship at Monza this weekend, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And I couldn't echo those sentiments more uh, enough. And I'm sure Evans' father Gwyndaf, um Elvin Evans' father Gwyndaf of course former British champion will be delighted as well and he's been very much involved uh, in the whole rise of, of Elvin Evans but before we move on from Elvin and you know with his 14 point advantage he goes into Monza as the favourite but still with a big job to do but I want to make a big mention to Malcolm Wilson the owner of M Sport and the, the, the company that were uh, employed in the mid 1990s to take on Ford's factory World Rally Championship program uh, and had a lot of success of course with the uh, the Escort and then various iterations of the Ford Focus and then developed the new Ford Fiesta WRC uh, which then in 2017 went on to two Drivers World Championships with Sebastian Ogier. But for a number of years Malcolm Wilson put a lot of personal effort, time and money into ensuring Elvin Evans had opportunities and throughout their throughout um, Elvin Evans growth he had a lot of difficulties and had to be you know and, and sometimes had been demoted back into the British Rally Championship by Malcolm Wilson but Malcolm had made sure that Elvin was always his career was always managed in the correct way and put in a huge amount as I say a huge amount of personal investment in time and money in it through his company M Sport and just as <laughs> Just as Elvin was really starting to flourish over the last couple of years, starting to win rallies, getting on the podium regularly, he then, all just as all of Malcolm's investment is about to pay off, he gets picked up by the best team in the paddock, by Toyota, with the biggest budget, don't forget. you know, And that's something that, bearing in mind that, although there is a Ford badge on the front of the uh, the M Sport Fiesta, make no mistake, that is a that is a private entry. They might get a little bit of support, but no more than, than a commercial sponsor, for example. Hyundai and Toyota, those are backed from the very, very top of two gargantuan organisations. You know, the current head of Toyota, the big boss in Toyota, Mr. Toyota, is rally daft and thus his signature is um it, it goes on the the colossal budget required for Toyota's World Rally Championship program. To give you an, a small example, you know, both Hyundai and Toyota have been testing in Monza while M Sport have not, and that will be purely down to the costs in, involved. So we we must salute Malcolm Wilson for his his part in Elvin Evans' legacy, uh, and I'm sure Malcolm will be immensely proud uh, of Elvin if he's able to go on and do the job. But who is Elvin Evans up against? Well, he's up against one of the finest racing drivers, not just rally drivers, one of the finest racing drivers of all time, the six-time world champion Sebastian Ogier. And Sebastian Ogier, you know, Came it. He took on the mantle from um, from the great Sebastian Loeb, who won nine world titles, um, and took it on and won four titles in a row with Volkswagen, and then moved to M Sport when Volkswagen basically pulled the plug at the very last moment, and within a matter of weeks, 
Sebastian Ogier and Malcolm Wilson had come be able to come to some kind of arrangement to be able for him to go and drive there. And he went on to win two world titles with, with M Sport, which I think is just absolutely exceptional, an exceptional story uh, uh, as well. But, you know, after a pretty difficult year at Citroen last year in 2019, which did not go to plan for all concerned, um, Sebastian Ogier moved across to Toyota, where he's been this year, and he appears to be pretty pretty comfortable. And it would appear to me also that Sebastian Ogier thrives in the environment where he drives for a team boss who has competed at the highest level. At Ford, he was incredibly um, complimentary of Malcolm Wilson's management style and said that Malcolm Wilson was his favourite boss that that he'd ever had. And, of course, Malcolm raced in Group B in the uh, Metro 6R4 and raced at a very high level in the Ford Escort as well. And most most memorably for me, the Ford Escort RS Cosworth in Michelin Pilot livery. And that was my first ever Skelectrix car I had. So my, my, my very earliest rallying memory was seeing Malcolm blast by at Schoon Palace in the Scottish Perth Rally um, back in either 93 or 94. I can't quite remember. Uh, it must have been 94. And that sticks with me. I can still picture that car blasting by through now. So it's, um, you know, and now, of course, um, certainly up until the end of this season, uh, Sebastian Ogier is in the Toyota fold, is racing for uh, Tommy Mackinnon, who's been the team manager since the beginning of that Toyota project back in 2017. And I, I am absolutely convinced that Sebastian Ogier thrives in an environment where he has the guidance or the he, he is um his boss is someone who's been there and done it and knows what it's like to to compete at that level and of course Tommy Mackinnon to win at that level four times a consecutive world champion himself so for Oje he's still very much he's still very much in the battle if he's able to win the power stage that's five points straight away um and then it all comes down to where he finishes in relation to Elvin Evans, you know, it's uh, it's so, so close. 14 points might sound a lot, it, it, it really isn't. It could take a very small twist of fate for that championship to, to turn on its head, and it could well turn on its head back and forth throughout uh, throughout the weekend. But during this week, Sebastian Ogier made a, a very, very interesting point, and he said that the snow in Monza, which we are getting, and have seen pictures of the recce today, of the drivers doing their pre-event recce in pouring snow, a lot of snow on the roads there. Um, He said that the snow at Monza could make him champion. And that is a very interesting statement to make, I think, because as I mentioned before, Sebastian Ozier's credentials on Rally Monte Carlo are absolute. You know, he is one of the greatest drivers of all time in that event. He's won more Rally Monte Carlo than anyone in in the field. And... If that looks like what we're gonna what we're gonna get at, at the weekend, so he's Sebastian Ogier is going in. He doesn't have the pressure. He's won it six times before, and this is a critical point. He will be coming back for 2021 with Toyota. He had said that 2020 was going to be his last season, but given the shortened nature and the strange nature of this particular year here in 2020. He decided to extend his contract for one more year. Will it stay one more year? Well, who knows? We'll see what happens in 2021. But I think for Sebastian Ogier, 
that's really going to take the pressure off his shoulders because he's got six championships behind him. He's got nothing to prove. Plenty of money in the bank. No problem. You know, and he knows that he's coming back next year for a full season. So he's going into uh, to Rally Monza with, uh, you know, with his shoulders relaxed. And, and he can just go for it. And that is something that Elvin Evans will know. He will have studied it. He will be ready. Um, but Elvin Evans is the man who will be going in anxious. He will be going in nervous. You know, he will not be relaxed. No, nobody could be. Um, if Sebastian Ogier was in his boots, he wouldn't be. You know, so I think it's going to be a fascinating contest over the weekend. And you can catch all of it on um, the WRC All Live service. Um, I think they do weekend passes as well, but it's a brilliant service, every stage live, and then they do highlight shows in the evening as well. Um, I'll be watching it, uh, and it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Thanks so much for listening to this uh, latest episode of the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. And most importantly, thank you for your patience in the uh, delay in uh, over the last couple of months where my I'm delighted to say my career has taken a, a big move forward with lots of new opportunities in the commentary box uh, and also hosting the Porsche Sport Podcast, who Porsche Sport Limited have, have been very kind to me asking me to host that programme, which I co-host with uh, former Formula 3 driver Kat Impey and we've had a number of very special guests on the show over the last couple of weeks and I'd urge you to go on and, and, and have a look at those but that's what's been keeping me busy over the last few uh, the last few months and also writing a book as well which hopefully I'll be able to reveal in the near future but thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast about this weekend's World Rally Championship season finale and I'll be back to you very soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.